Well, good day. I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. And thanks to our podcasting partner, Pullstring Press, for this great studio. And to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. Good morning. Patrick, I have breaking news. <laughs> I love breaking news. I, we want to welcome some new listeners. Oh, excellent. Yeah. From Croatia. Beautiful this time of year in Croatia. The Republic of Korea. Wait, is that north? Uh, I'm going to guess south. There's no internet in the north. Oh, that's okay. Good point. Uh, and the south is the most internet. It has the fastest internet in the world. And then, of course, our, our listeners in the Bolivia, Bolivian Republic of Venezuela. The Bolivian Republic. That's what of it says of right Venezuela. here. Yeah. Well, the internet my, knows things. Yes, it does. I and I'm, uh, I, I, I'm continued uh, just uh, amazed at that. And I'd like you to meet our guest, James Joyce the Third. James. Hello. How are you? Now, you were here on another episode, and you were quiet because uh, <laughs> Senator Hannah Beth Jackson had the, was uh, uh, engaged in a great conversation. You work for her. What do you, what do, you do for her? So I'm her district director, and so... What does that mean? I help help her be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the easiest job in the world. Right, 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 right. indeed, indeed. Uh, just help make sure that she's, you know, uh, um, in touch with the folks that she needs to be uh, about the work that she's doing, essentially. So you came on my radar three years ago when we um, started the 805 Connect project. Mm -hmm. And I distinctly remember going to uh, have uh, coffee with you yep. and sitting down and we had this fantastic conversation. I'm pretty sure we did not talk about politics. Mm -mm. We talked, there were so many other things to talk about, your background, which got you to Santa Barbara. So I wanna recall some of those things. But the fact that we had coffee together kind of got me about four weeks ago, I noticed on Facebook that you have a new, uh, new program. What's that called? Uh, coffee with a black guy. Coffee with a black guy, simple as that. And it's pretty much exactly what we did. Sit down, have conversations and communicate. And what gave you the idea to do that? <laughs> uh, about a year ago, I don't recall exactly what had happened um, in the country, but with all the racial tumult going on and, sure. and, and, and you know, issues of police violence and you know, kind of this heightened sense of everything since the, the Trayvon Martin, I think, has kind of been That's what, what started, ignited yeah. it. Um, and so, you know, about a year ago was woke up one morning with an idea of what can I do, right? This feeling of helplessness, this mm, feeling of mm. just all this pain and anguish going on in the world. And a lot of it is just, can we talk to one another? Um, you know, I don't have to uh, understand, I, I don't have to, to know who you are or everything about you, but I can sit down and have a conversation. I learned about, you know, your background in, 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 as a chef. Right, uh, which was right. amazing to me. And, and so just, you know, based, you, I'll use that example of essentially what I'm trying to create here is that, you know, with all this, this racial, racial tumult, all the rhetoric going on, uh, all these, you know, um, problems and concerns that people have with these issues, we're posting on Facebook, we're sharing this, we're sharing that, but we're not communicating. And so to be able to have some real interpersonal communication and why not over coffee? And so you had this idea a year ago. 
Um, I'm listener of the show knows I'm really fascinated with the the spark. Like you had that idea, uh, and fire requires you know heat, energy, and fuel. Mm -hmm. um, so what was the fuel that actually got this going? So uh, a year ago in September, I woke up. I had this idea. I, I called my my cousin. He's an innovative guy, right? We grew up together back in Maryland. I, I shot the idea past him. A few minutes later, uh, he shot me an email and says, I own the domain name. I was just going <laughs> to say he bought the URL. <laughs> um, Is it really that coffeewithablackguy.com? Yep. Love it. Yep. Uh, we, we got that and, and then just kind of sat on it. And I, I kind of you know, percolated the idea. Nicely placed pun. Yeah, extra uh, points there. You know, and, and just, you know, as as I had learned from the innovative community around here, what is that market validation idea? And right. so just kind of sharing the idea with folks strategically here and there verbally and getting some feedback. And none of the feedback over those few months was was bad. And so um, then shortly uh, a few few weeks ago after the what was it? Um, Baton Rouge. Uh, Minnesota Dallas series of events right? trifecta mm -hmm. right yeah after that series of events it was another day I woke up and just had to, it's time it's time and I, I checked in with my cousin made sure we still had the domain name and <laughs> right. and, and the the language that I had uh, that you had saw on Facebook yes uh, that was written last September uh, I basically cut and paste chose a location and and launched it from there and I, it was just an idea of timing I mean, the, 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 the country's hurting. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, a lot of it is turning into hate, right? Mm -hmm. that, that pain is turning into hate. And if we can just sit down and have conversations and, and be genuine with one another, mm -hmm. uh, I think that can, can move mountains. So I think that's probably easy to do in Santa Barbara. Yeah. It's harder to do in other parts of the country. Indeed. Indeed. And that's kind of what the idea uh, behind the movement of it is. Right. And so, you know, I can sit down with you and, and, and tell you about my experience, but that's just one black guy's experience. Right. And I can share that. And I think that that's valuable. And I think that folks can learn from understanding another person's experience. Right. And so if you go to, uh, for instance, uh, back, you know, where I grew up in Maryland, it's a you know, very different uh, demographic makeup. Right. Uh, but there's still the need. Uh, to have the conversations. And so it, it can take its own form. Actually, I've had some folks that uh, I knew from my childhood have reached out to me since uh, then and are planning a panel discussion. Uh, same idea, but have the diversity of perspectives in one place uh, to be able to have that conversation with folks and at a coffee shop as well. And it gives an opportunity. I think the coffee shop idea is it's, it's, it's a comfort zone thing. Right. Right. It's where right. you can go and, and, and you know, it's, it's a neutral zone. Um, people have conversations at coffee shops anyway, so why not have targeted conversations? Um, and, and, and thinking back on it, this is sort of what Starbucks tried to do about a year ago. Um, oh, really? What's that? It, it, I, I recall uh, in the media that there was a, um, I don't recall exactly what their hashtag or initiative was, but they were trying to encourage uh, folks when they ordered coffee to uh, start conversations about race. Right. And it just didn't work because. The, the, oh, didn't they get beat up yeah, about that? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get the idea that. They Good were idea, to but do. poor execution. Yeah. One of the well, one of the, the you know, of course, the meme videos on it uh, has the um, that when people ask because uh, they always say, what, what name should we call out when your coffee's ready? They were saying mm. Black Lives Matter as the hashtag. 
And so they would write that on the cup. And so some baristas were, yeah, you know, absolutely happy to yell that throughout the, the store. Other baristas on caught on film were saying, uh, you know, this is this is not what we do. This is uncovered. We can't make these kind of statements. And then the CEO of Starbucks comes forward and says, oh, yeah, we can make those kind of statements. Any barista that wants to say that can say that out loud. We have no issues with that whatsoever, which mm, was really nice mm, to see mm. the, the uh, a CEO, CEO step forward and say, hey, that's you're using the system in a very appropriate way. Absolutely. So when you have the conversations, um, how many have you had so far? I, I've I had one. You had one. <laughs> I've had it starts with one? The first one. It starts with one, and there's right? been a lot of energy that is, that's come oh. from this. Um, yeah. A couple, uh, I talked to my mom, and she first thing she says to me, everybody's talking about this coffee with the black guy thing. My mm. mom lives in Maryland, right? <laughs> right. And so, of course, it's Facebook, but it's like, you know, everybody at church, folks, uh, uh it, it just fills a need, I think. You mm-hmm. know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's you know a gimmicky way to get well, people to great do what brand. they should. I mean, as a brand, it's a great brand. No, I'm seeing I'm seeing the book title already. <laughs> I'm seeing that like, well, and that's and and don't but don't you think that like also uh, as Mark was saying earlier, like inside of this market, um, inside of Santa Barbara, mm-hmm. uh, definitely there's an underrepresentation of people of color. Right. And, and so having uh, somebody kind of step forward and say. Uh, do you need to know somebody? I'll be the person you get to know. Absolutely. Like, if you want to have a conversation, like, come have a conversation with me. I think that's that's uh, very exciting, mm-hmm. perhaps. Maybe too exciting. Maybe it shouldn't be that exciting. Maybe this should be real. <laughs> Maybe this just, shouldn't just be news. Just go have coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, but, I mean, it, it kind of came from, you know, a, as these things were happening, you know, the senator, her herself, her husband, uh, some of my friends, uh, white friends from back home would contact me and want to talk. You know, and mm-hmm. just want to, you know, how are you feeling? How are you processing this? And it's like, okay, but I don't want to keep having this same conversation. Can yeah. we expand it and, right. and, and kind right. of, uh, uh, kind of make this into something a little bit more and more subtle, yeah. less less headliney? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. On on Facebook, it says, and the description of this is an innovative social impact movement to help bridge the interpersonal and racial divide, given all the tumult in the world. I like that social impact movement. What makes it a movement? The hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that, that what it is these days? That's what it is these days. I mean, Black Lives Matter started as, or essentially is a hashtag, right? And mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, catalyzed from that. Um, the idea of a movement of saying a hashtag, people can do this all across the country. Um, if it essentially uh, identify as a black guy, choose a coffee shop of your liking, uh, advertise it on social media, uh, and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. So you have a playbook. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're working on uh, launching the the uh, web page uh, to kind of just lay out that playbook, and it's very simple. Uh, one of the key tenets of that playbook is just be genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh, enter the conversation with a genuine tone. What um, what brought you to Santa Barbara in the first place? A series of circumstances, but mostly employment. Um, I had been uh, living in Oxnard uh, for a few years, uh, um, uh, working for the assembly member who represents that area. And then when Senator Jackson got elected, she uh, hired me on uh, um, and said, "Well, if you you know want to work for want to work for me, I want you to run my Santa Barbara presence and right. like for you to live in Santa Barbara. Twist my arm, why don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> That's. Uh, I, I, I laugh because like there, the, I knew a guy who who had a similar experience of, of they were going to place him either in Ann Arbor, Michigan, or Santa Barbara, 
yeah. coming out of Houston, and he was like, "Yeah, um, yeah, well, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. I'll try Santa Barbara. See what see what happens." Yeah. And and what did you what did you study in school? So my background is in journalism. I was a journalism major at uh, Ohio University. Mm. Uh, worked at several different newspapers across the country uh, up until uh, 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 the end of '08. Uh, in the end of 08, I was a, a man. I was in the hotbed of political activity as a reporter, oh, right? Yeah. Toledo, Ohio. I was an education reporter in Toledo, Ohio. I lived wow. a mile down the road from Joe the Plumber. Yeah. Uh, Obama spent three days in Toledo prepping for his final debate, and so uh, on election night, I was covering school board race. Uh, so it was a, a little bit different, and, and that was my perspective on politics at the time. And so then. Um, got laid off shortly after after that election. And, and mm-hmm. I was, I think, one of 2,000 newsroom employees that year uh, in 08 that was laid off. Uh, across the nation. Across the nation. It was mm-hmm. it was a brutal year, and it's it's kind of been a decline uh, over the past decade or so. Uh, but those skills that you pick up as a reporter uh, are invaluable. Um, let's, let's, I want to talk about those because I'm um, very, very interested because I think there's a lot of parallels what we're doing here with the podcast and kind of what we do. Um, we had, when Russell Bishop was on, we talked about the art of inquiry. Yes. And how you ask questions. And I'm fascinated with questions. I'm building this artificial intelligence question system. Um, so, okay. You make it sound like you're tinkering in the basement. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm it. sure it's not going to be a little wooden boy who comes alive. Yeah, no, it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Geppetto, whatever. Yeah. Artificial intelligence yeah. question answering machine. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> no big thing. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm building it for. Uh, I'm building it with a client in New York. Okay. Um, being built in Brazil, and it's um, it's off the hook, amazing, but. I'm even more fascinated with questions. And as a journalist, mm-hmm. um, I would think that you get taught that. So if I want to spend a little time in this area. What are the three, what are your three tricks to, let's go to the, the person who doesn't want to talk to you, mm-hmm. but you have to talk to them. Because if you're going to go back and the Perry White, who's our editor of the Daily Planet, is going to say, <laughs> James. Where's that I think story? His name is Spider-Man. Is that <laughs> is Perry White the uh, uh, Superman? That's, that's is it? Okay. Yeah, all Superman. Right. Yeah, of course. And his intrepid photographer and all of that stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I'm there. Um, this is this is definitely pandering to the Marvel audience. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm a big Spider-Man fan. Yeah, there you go. Right on. Uh, so what are the? So it's the the reluctant person. You need to open them up. What are the three? How do you do that? What are the three? Because the reason is. I think our listener in their act of inquiry, the art of inquiry, we can always get better at that. So let's talk mm-hmm. to you. I'm now endowing you with superpowers. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I think one of the, the, the key things, and it's, it, this is not taught in school, but uh, you, the whole idea of give before you get, right? And so if, I, if somebody's reluctant to talk to me yep. and I sense there's that kind of tension I'll share some things about myself, and that'll make them feel more comfortable. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm 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 comfortable in my skin enough to say, look, I'll expose myself, and hopefully that will lead to something down the road where we can have a conversation. So by being vulnerable, you create. It's okay. I can be vulnerable. You can too. Yep. Okay. Number two. Yep. 
Um, follow your natural curiosity. Um, that that one they did talk about in J school. Whereas you know the the, the the one of the key tenets of a journalist is that natural curiosity, right? And and uh, if you want to know something, why they say uh, uh, beyond that they take the training to you know making sure that you validate everything. So the one thing that always sticks in my mind is they say you know uh, check everything out to the point where if your mom says she loves you, check it out. <laughs> it's like. All right, my mom loves me. I've already done done the check. <laughs> but, you know, that that kind of idea uh, behind, you know, is helpful, particularly in today's uh, environment with it, where there's so much information out there. Uh, before you, you know, you know, as you synthesize that information before you share it and, and, and really, you know, bite into it, check it out. Uh, find out what, what the source is. Find out, um, you know, follow the money. You know, that's that's that's. We had, remember Stephen Dunier? Okay. Had him on the show. Sure. Uh, listener, go look up D U N N I E R. He doesn't believe anything he reads. Mm. He's a deep researcher. So he said, just because that, he, tell, he tells a story about um, uh, the fact was reported that the majority of nail salons are owned by Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. Just a random thing. And he goes, is that true? How is that true? And they cited sources. And he says, I'm going to dig into that. And he dug into it and he found it. It was a survey that was published in a Vietnamese nail journal. Like, what nationality are you? And of course, their readers were. But again, to your point of checking everything out, what's number three on that, on that art of inquiry? Um, I haven't thought about this, but uh, um, let me see. The first one. Was You're now like, teaching a class. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sir. Yeah, that's okay. And number one, uh, we're on slide number three. Um, I, I, you know, I guess it goes back to the whole thing, uh, the 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 idea behind uh, coffee with a black guy, right? Be genuine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, yeah. I, I think that that's a, an overall theme in society. If we are, you know. Genuine. Be genuine of who to, to who you are, um, and you know what your passions are. All of that. Just uh, no need for the facades. Are you? But but don't. I, I feel like every time I go out to a to a, a mixer of young professionals or of any professionals group, there's there's a lack of willingness to be vulnerable because I think that everything yeah. in tech these days tells you no, no don't don't walk in and tell them what's not working with what's going on. Tell them what you know. Pump up the things that are working. And how do you how do you get to genuine or vulnerable? Uh, you know, in a in a in five minutes, when you're trying to not you or whoever is trying to uh, uh, present the best side of themselves and never not show any weakness and not show any like, you know, you're saying like let the facade down, but I'm like, oh but wait, everything they tell us is like put a big facade up and that's what in Instagram and your Facebook yeah. feed is all the good stuff in my life. Right, <laughs> right, indeed, no one sees the dirty dishes in my sink right, right. now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are now. With, fire up your webcam, everybody. <laughs> Um, I, you know, that, that is a challenge, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, we do live in a kind of an instant gratification society, yep. right? And, and, and the, the networking scenario is a, is a great scenario. Um, but how do you, you, you don't, you don't need to be genuine in that moment, right? Hmm. What you do is you connect genuinely. Let's go get coffee later. Have the connection be genuine and yeah. then have the, the, the follow through later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, in a, in a situation where, you know, even that's that's the model that we followed. We had been in meetings, kind of been passing and then like, wait a minute, you said something pretty cool. Let's get together and, and connect. Uh, and I, I guess that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the the Ted commandments, we've talked about Ted on the show a lot. And <laughs> a lot recently. Are you holding a Ted event? Is oh. that coming up, Mark? I haven't heard about it I yet. I have I was no just idea what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop it right now. Um, <laughs> TEDxSantaBarbara.com. Uh, the... Uh, the, the the rules from the very beginning were because Richard would bring all of his friends to Monterey and then he would invite you on stage and he sat on stage as well mm. and if you broke one of the rules boom you got you got kicked off the stage just right there public humiliation right mm -hmm. but the rules were tell a story you've never told before these are all, you know, I mean, you think about it. you have these stories in your life that are chambered up and you just tell it. And you just, there's no blood left in the story. There's no passion, right? You just, right. I've heard it a million times. Right. Be vulnerable, to your point. Be vulnerable. And then don't try to sell us anything. Yeah. And those, mm -hmm. I think those rules are great rules in life, right? If Absolutely. we can figure out a, a way to. Life, but not business, because <laughs> don't sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's but it but it's to your point of give before you get. Yeah. You know, I think what we've learned as evolved business people that in fact, if we do give ninety nine percent of the time when that person needs something, you're a trusted source of that, whether it's information or a product or a service. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I, I can't take credit for that give before you get that. Uh, I, I'm you know honored enough to be on the. Uh, advisory board for the Impact Hub, and, and that mm. was one of the early uh, forming tenants uh, of the Impact Hub here locally, who also has, has opened up to be the official sponsor of uh, Coffee with the Black Guy. Oh, you oh, have, nice. you have yeah. good sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. so oh, they, nice. they were, uh, the, the, the one that we had, we hosted there uh, in the Impact Hub. I think they were not even open three weeks at that point. Um, and um, handlebar coffee. We had handlebar nice. coffee there. Nice. I mean, because that's what what's what's over there at the Impact Hub, and it was just a great conversation. Conversation kicked off with uh, one of the co-founders asking, "So, what's it like being a black guy in Santa Barbara?" Mm. And that kind of rolled the conversation from. Hey, there. James, what's it like being a black guy <laughs> in Santa Barbara? You know, uh, particularly coming from a, a state like Maryland, where you know it's south of the Mason-Dixon line. There's yep. a, a you know pretty high African-American population, uh, chocolate cities right there, they call them, you know. Um, but you can say that. I can't. <laughs> Obama said you can't say that, right? <laughs> um, but uh, uh, here in Santa Barbara, it's, it's, it's a different experience. There's many times when, uh, well, most of the time, I walk into an event, particularly given, you know, my role uh, uh, in the community, and you know, I'm the only black face in there, right? And so I, I recognize that. I realize that probably not too many people recognize that. Mm. But there, there is a, a source of, um, at this point, I just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Hmm. Um, and so uh, it's fine for me at this point. Wait, but uncomfortable, get comfortable with being uncomfortable, is that, What's 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 the source of that uncomfortability? Mm -hmm. The being the being the other or being the 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 one who has a unique pers perspective versus everyone else? Being the outlier. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it's it's hard to explain sometimes in words, but when you walk into a room like that and you you are the only, you feel it. Sure. You, you feel sure. the eyes. You 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 know. Mm. I, you know, mm. people may not have any opinions or judgments or or bad thoughts or anything like that, but there is a different feel, right? And so that's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and, and so getting comfortable in that and just forging ahead and, and being able to make those genuine connections with folks, 
um, I, I think has, has has served me well, um, and it's it's something that you know I, I, you know, my journalism background gives me the the whole you know observant right. mentality, right? right? right. And so right. I, I I pick up a lot of things from other folks, and so I'm always seeing how other folks are interacting. I'm picking up things, using my sifter, learning from that, getting rid of it, and so. Hmm. Um, I couldn't do that if I wasn't comfortable being uncomfortable, right? And so being there to to be vulnerable and be able to learn and enrich myself, like I, I yeah, I know things, I've I've experienced things, but I haven't done it all myself, right? And so being able to connect with other folks and and learn from from what they've gone through or experienced. Um, saves me some time and pain. <laughs> so I'm thinking that you probably, in all of these interactions, you've got to get through that layer first. That's a layer we don't have. Yeah. Yes, right? Yeah. It's a layer you kind of, okay, let's get past that. Okay, now let's just get to being human. But at the same time, it's a it's an opportunity. It's a, it's mm. a, it's, you know, I can look at it as a burden, but it's definitely an opportunity. Um, you know, being, you know, a, a black male of tall stature, I understand that that image can intimidate folks, right? Hmm. And so I'm cognizant of that as I'm approaching folks, as I'm having interactions with folks, uh, maybe much more subconsciously now because of, you know, experience and time. But um, that does play into, you know, to the interaction. Tanasi Coates. Yeah. Um, I've been reading reading his book, and I'm, he also just did the Black Panther uh, comic book. Which, yes. Did you see it? I have not seen it oh, yet. I, I went into the comic store and asked him for it, and they didn't have they didn't it. They didn't have so it. I'm, I'm, to find I'm looking forward to it. I haven't. I've just read a couple of the panels. The one that was in the Atlantic, but um, uh, he has in his book he has some very interesting conversation about about the physicality of being a, a black man in America. In that, just kind of what you just you know echoed about saying like your physicality inside a room of people who don't know you yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's these preconceived notions going on. When ha- when have you come up against those where um, because there's one, it's your perception of what they might think. Mm-hmm. But when has the, have you have you encountered when that's been verbalized or when that's been like when when there's been you have some kind of um, you know more than just what you've uh, you know perceived, but but more actually like physically it comes out in front of you. Yep. So as part of the prep for Coffee with a Black Guy, I had no idea what I was going to be running into, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I was like, are five people going to show up? 500 people? How am I going to handle this crowd? And so as prep for that, I kind of bulleted out my racism story, right? And kind of how different encounters of of things that I can think back to that have, uh, you know, affected my view on on racism. And and when you ask that question, a real early racism story is in junior high, uh, a bunch of African-American male friends of mine, maybe four or five of us, uh, would walk from the middle school down to, to Main Street, of, and this is in, in Westminster, Maryland, in Carroll County, right outside of Baltimore County. Um, walking down Main Street, go into a boot store. At the time, Timberland Boots are mm, the, the mm-hmm, thing. So mm-hmm. a boot store, you go into the store, you think they're going to sell Timberland Boots. Uh, we go in, they don't have the boots, okay. Go back a couple weeks later, thinking enough people asked for them. Maybe they get caught up. Yeah. Right, yeah. no, nope, still don't have them. Then the uh, older white male store owner decides we walk in the store one day and he pulls out a gun from underneath the uh, counter, sets it on the counter and says, I don't have no goddamn Timberlands. Hmm. Get out my store. (laughs) And so we got out his store. Right. right? Yeah. And, you know, that, that was just an experience like things happen as a junior high kid. I 
it's not like I'm going to go write a report about it, so we move on with our lives. A couple weeks later, I'm sitting at home and, you know, having a conversation with my sister and, and you know, telling this to her. My mom overhears it, and she flips out. Uh Uh-oh. And uh, so then that resulted in the newspaper article that ended up in the the paper, uh, uh, an apology from the mayor, uh, conversations with the store owner. Um, It, it, you know, that was, you know, physicality, right? Tall, young, black males. The only action was your presence of your body in his store. Nothing you touched, nothing you said, nothing you activated. Like, do you have Timberlands? Physical presence. for Timberlands. Sure, but, but, you know, it's it's exactly what you were describing. Mm -hmm. Your physicality created, in his mind, Mm -hmm. some reaction. And I learned that in junior high. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this, like, you know, and that wasn't the first experience. I didn't learn that in junior high. No. You know, I did not learn that in junior high. I didn't have that occurrence where I walked into a store and the owner was different from me and immediately told me, I don't, you're not immediately, but I had the tall thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's that too. No, no. Cause I'm, you know, I'm tall and that there's, there's definitely a thing with being tall and you, I better, you're a skosh taller than me. And there are not a lot of, I don't run into people that are taller than me. And, and that I, I feel that. Yeah. It's interesting as a tall person, you're always, I don't think of, I actually am not a heightist, uh, <laughs> but um, I do notice that I don't notice height because usually I'm sitting down at coffee talking to someone and you're at equal height. doesn't right. matter. And you stand up and you go, wow, are you, you're not even five foot tall. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're a big person in that little body. Th- that the height is, is a thing. Um, you know, and particularly, I I notice that because when we're in a place and you know networking events, yes, we make eye contact yeah. above the crowd, and, yeah. and there's a few you know taller folks in town that that, that happens with frequently. Um, we're gonna start a club. <laughs> you know, uh, they have that club. Uh, it's it's called the Sky High Club, and they have what? and they have a no. scholarship. They have a scholarship what? that they will give out to uh, to uh, young people to go to college. And it's, okay, it's called see, the Sky. This is, I think this Sky is High so is, not true, but he's it, talking it, no, with such certainty. And there's a and there's a height. Check it out, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to join the club as a man, I think you have to be six three or above. Uh, as a woman, you have to be uh, six feet or above, or as or as my uh, as my friends like to say, five foot twelve or above. <laughs> um, but that's but and they have a scholarship. We used to know this because when we were working admissions for for kids getting into school, if a, if a tall kid would come in, we'd say, "Hey, if you're looking for some scholarship, you might uniquely belong to this." Uh, you might qualify for this, uh, this this scholarship for only tall people. See what you learn on this show, listener. Yeah, look it up. Oh my gosh! So uh, is that international? Because our our friend in Croatia has just paused us and is googling. <laughs> Croatians are very yeah. I, I want to hear. I want to hear. I know this is like it's kind of like when you when you look at pictures of Detroit being torn down and and it, they call it like ruin porn, and 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 I end up watching um, and to my wife's chagrin. Because uh, usually it's right before bed. I end up watching a lot of um, municipal employees uh, doing bad things to members of their community, uh, hmm. which is to say, a lot of videos of of uh, police uh, interacting badly on their worst day, and and hopefully very often on their last day of of employment. But what what the, and this stuff is not distant from us. We, no. we we have these videos are popping up, and this these experiences are happening uh, very close by. What when when somebody sits down to have coffee uh, with you is that is this always the conversation you were saying this is the conversation you have over and over again? No, no, no. It's 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 not. You know, I generally like to 
let folks lead the conversation and mm. you know what are you interested in and um, at the at the the uh, event that we did have is that <clears throat> there was one uh, woman that showed up and was talking about her work well what are you working on lately and she's working on some program with recidivism and mm. you know was explaining that well Everything, race can be intertwined with everything. You understand race when race is a part of your identity. Every day I wake up and look in the mirror, I'm a black man. Every day I walk out on the street, I'm reminded that I'm black. So that's always a part of who I am. So that can be entwined into any conversation. Um, And no, it's not always about these things, but it's about bringing uh, my, uh, my perspective and things through my lens and I say my as being, you know, the quintessential black male, but any black male can sit, share their ideas, uh, their, you know, uh, um, view on things. I, I'm also reminded of uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, the yeah. Jerry Seinfeld show. Yeah. And, and, and the reason I like to watch that is because it's not the standard conversation. They're not having the, the, the traditional back and forth where it's just the, you know, like, like people drop their facades. Yeah. You know, on the on that particular show, is that are you looking to have a conversation they haven't had before? Potentially, Um, you know, maybe maybe they've had the conversation before. Maybe that you know the they just haven't had the conversation with the right person. Hmm. Uh, With you know, uh, with a lot of times, uh, um, you know, in churches, churches will talk about the you know the the injustices of the community, and then you know once the church door is open, they go out and live life, right? And so. Uh, that's not a model that, that necessarily works for me. It, it's it's it, even with the work that I do, it's not a job, it's not a career, it's a lifestyle, right? Because uh, you're in an opportunity to be a public servant, and that's you know, I, as cliche as that may sound, it's it that's what this is all about. You know, I'm I'm here, I've had experiences, and why? What do I have to gain by keeping that to myself, right? And hmm. so. Uh, I have much more uh, to gain personally and collectively uh, to share that um, to those who are interested, uh, who those who are, are, are. We've had a lot of conversations around being a public servant. So we've had well, politicals here. We've had professors on you know, public policy and public administration. We've, we've kind of talked about this from a lot of different lenses. I'm curious in today's climate why anybody would go into this field at all. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm still not, you know, I, I get service. I can serve. My service happens to be bringing TEDx to Santa Barbara. That's my public service, pure community service. And, and I get that. Um, but, and I don't have people yelling at me, <laughs> you know, for like, why are you celebrating ideas? You know, I mean, I don't get any of that. So why is it, and cause you're in confrontational environments often, Right. I mean, just go up to Sacramento. Yeah. yeah. Right. What, what, what is it? What keeps you going about this? The opportunity to 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 be. The opportunity to be the example and not the exception, you know, Okay. the idea of what I mentioned earlier, when you walk into a room and, you know, I, I feel the eyes, I feel the tension. But, you know, at that point, I feel as if you know, I kind of had to have the advantage, right? Um, the way things move forward from there depends on how I act, right? And how mm-hmm. I, how mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. control the situation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah. Cause do you think there's just as much intrigue and interest in particular of like, well, what does this, this person clearly is going to have a different opinion. I want to know what that is. 
Maybe, um, yeah. but I, I think particularly, you know, today with with what's going on in, in you know mainstream media, what the conversations are, people may be having those conversations at the water cooler. They may be having, uh, at, you know, in their home. But you know, I can walk past you know twenty five people on State Street, never pro- pass another black person, hmm. and I know at least one of those folks is wondering something, right? They they right, and, right, and it may right. be you know. I don't know. It may be about my hair, or maybe something. But the, you know, being able to, to, if you're curious, let's let's talk, right? I I had um, uh, somebody stopped me and, and complimented my shoes, and then kept walking, and I thought just random, just randomly, like we were literally. He was he was coming across the street. I was coming across the street, and he stopped and complimented my shoes. Like, hey, those shoes look really great. And he kept walking, and I thought, why didn't I? Why didn't I turn and walk with that guy and ask him like, "Hey, what'd you?" Well, you know, that's really nice. Let's uh, let's let's have a longer dialogue than just nice shoes. But I thought that was an overt conversation. Never mind everything that goes through people's minds mm-hmm. as they're as they're not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, passing each other. But it's just like I, I think that like on the street, like I should, we should verbalize. We should do less just like looking side glancing and thinking about, it, and we should be speaking more Absolutely. to each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't try that in New York. <laughs> I have. I, you know what? I did try that. I got slapped for oh, no. being friendly. Oh uh, well, well, maybe. Well, sh- I'm. I'm. You know, we're we're on a shoot. This is 20 years ago. We're on a shoot, and uh, and I and I go. Um, I said, "Hey, friend," or "Hey, guy," or something like that. And the crew said, "These not your friend." I was like, "What?" He says, "These people are not your friends." And I was like, "Oh, my California show." Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 So I, uh, and there's probably that as well to it, right? I think we're yeah. a little more open to those kinds of things. Yeah, and, 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 and I think we'd be better served to be open to those kind of things, right? Um, I get the New York mentality. There's a lot of folks over there, but you know, <laughs> there's also a lot of problems, right? And, and I think that that interpersonal divide that we have, that uh, inability to, to, to look another person in their eye and communicate mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. to be able to read the nonverbals of another person um you know there's something very there's something in, invaluable about that so the person who's listening in one of the 47 countries here just today yeah. go look someone in the eye and don't avert your gaze so right the, oh, oh is this a tip coming there this is a tip coming okay, okay. awesome so, so there i i've uh kind of been dabbling in the podcast world myself haven't yeah. published anything but we've been recording some things something under the name of uh, perspectives radio show right nice. okay and it's based on that just bring your different perspectives talk about things the same idea of, uh, as coffee with the black guy and so just kind of uh, reiterating this but uh, there's a guy that's one of the four who we talk with who's in really into virtual reality mm. an idea that he has brought forth and wrote a blog about it is this idea that virtual reality could help bridge the interpersonal divide right so imagine us having this podcast in a virtual space right, right. and a 3d camera sitting here and folks could see us we each have avatars and then they're in the three the virtual world they can come up to us and look us in the eye as we're having this conversation virtually but it's better than just au- like the audio that we hear, right? And so that's an avenue that things could be could be going, and because we would feel a certain freedom to do that very close inspection, because because there would be this so layer here's the of question: protection. Is your avatar black? <laughs> I don't have an avatar yet. 
I, you know, here's a question. I mean, I, that that clearly, you could say, I'm going to be Asian. Yeah. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be some other thing just to yeah. see what that well, first. N- never mind that. Let's go with werewolf. Like, or, or oh, like, you know, there like, you go. Well, that's yeah. what I'm. Mean. Every time the people talk about gene modification or saying like or hybrid human or like what you know the the fears they're doing a lot of of stem cell research right now. They're very fearful of well, what if what if a child was born inside of the uterus, you know, because some cells went wrong of a, of a monkey. You know, and it's like, well, then we would have, you know, the most incredible new person, you know, like we would we would have a new person to deal with and we would have to reconcile that when it happens. But that's always the funny thing to me is when people say, well, what if what if my avatar were a different skin color? And you're like, skin. What if you had wings? What if you had a beak? What if you had like an incredible Mm, amount mm, of horns? mm, mm, Like, wouldn't mm. that like I that limitation that we have of of of. Uh, well, we could just have the freedom to experience life as a as another race. It's like, uh, after another, another species. Being, yeah. Well, we've already embarked on those conversations with the whole gender conversation yeah. Yeah. and right. having that be part of the mainstream conversation. Um, I, what do you think? What do you think about? And I don't, you know, what do you think about the the Supreme Court's cur- just most recent uh, statement putting a stay on the um, on the bathroom issue? in in south carolina they were saying that 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 it's it, they're, they're going to have to evaluate it further but essentially the justices are are uh putting a hold on it so now the the states are allowed to to ban uh, uh people from the bathroom depending on their on their uh sex at birth on their birth certificate yeah i'm, I'm i mean I, I haven't been keeping all up on that but my initial response is can we uh, readjust our supreme court um, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, can we get it established where, you know, it's really <laughs> reflective of what the American psyche is thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get that the idea of the Supreme Court is, you know, to, to you know, protect the integrity of, of, you know, our original doctrines and things of that nature. But um, I don't think that's an issue that should be up to states. Um, mm-hmm. th- that, that's, you know, and that's just a personal opinion, whereas if a person identifies with a, a certain gender, and let's even go um, take it up to, to Spokane, Washington, a, a certain oh, race, race, yeah, right? Yeah. So if 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 that's how a person identifies, who who are we as a government? Who are we as a society to say no? You don't. You you should be this or that. That you literally can't function. Uh, this you can't you can't do that in public. You can't behave that way in public. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, because you know, the, the, it, it's it opens Pandora's box on this whole idea of identity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hi, you know, uh, you know, when you when you look at me, you see a black man. But you know, with the way the conversations are today, it's you know, based on that, you can't make any judgments, mm-hmm. right? And so that takes this, you know, the whole idea of coffee with a black guy, oh, it blows that up completely. But mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a gradual uh, 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 roll into you know this ideal of, of being more open and accepting to all. Mm-hmm. Where are you in three years? Oh, man. it's um, a good question. The New York Times book tour for his latest book, <laughs> Coffee with a Black Guy. I, you, you know what, Mark? I don't know. Um, and, and, and I say that, you know, with utmost sincerity. I didn't. You know, three years ago, if you asked me that, I would have never predicted where I am today, mm. right? I never intended to be in politics. Mm. Um, when I was back in my reporter days, they my first reporter gig, they gave me a, a weekly column, and I called it, hmm, interesting. 
And so in this column, uh, and, and this was in the Chronicle Tribune for anybody who wants to look it up, it's Marion, Indiana, good stuff, good stuff. But in hmm, interesting, uh, I would talk about things that I would learn throughout the week that would just make me say that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in one of my uh, last columns that was ever published, uh, <laughs> they had, uh, uh, well, I might even have it on me. Let me read the beginning of it. Uh, the headline is, we should all fulfill our civic duty to keep politicians in line. I have an extreme dislike for politics. I don't like to hear about it. I don't like to read about it. I really have no interest in it. I question, what is politics anyway? One person I spoke with this week broke the word down into its element. Poly, meaning many or multiple, and tick, as in most common usage, a a small blood-sucking insect. And then the column goes on. And then you can start to understand why that was my final column. (laughs) Um, But that, you know... That's the kind of the mentality that I that I, I, I enter this work in politics with, right? Is that um, you know, the, and as I said, it, you know, the, the column goes on, but it, it mainly gets at the idea of stop, you know, urging politicians to stop talking in in the you know um, the, the extremes, right? You know, the, the extremes hold you know control the conversation, but the majority of folks are not the extremes. The right, majority right. of folks are, are are in the middle, and so. You know, stop allowing them to control the conversation and really get back to this idea of public service, right? And, and um, I, you know, after two politicians still hired me, in full disclosure, knowing about this column. You, I, do you lead with that in your resume? <laughs> I don't know if I lead, but it does come up shortly after. But, you know, it, it's... It, do you want to actually be a politician or do you like being the behind the scenes? I like being behind the scenes and I prefer not to do it Um I, I like the work, but the necessary evil part of that job continually deters me. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is the dialing for dollars, the influence yeah. of money in politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, um, I, I, um, last year, um, you got the short straw and you got to call me <laughs> from the office, which was great. Uh, he wanted the short straw I did. to say that... Um, the office had uh, were recognizing intro networks as the California Small Business of the Year, and I got to go to Sacramento, mm-hmm. and I got to go on the Senate floor, and I got to the tour and all of that stuff. But I um, was taken up a back stairway, and I said, uh, "Oh, this is kind of cool." She says, "Oh, the senator always likes to go on the back stairway," and I says, "Why? Why is that?" She says, "Because she wants to avoid the lobbyists." And apparently the lobbyists, back to the blood-sucking ticks, Mm -hmm. um, are are there, you know, just hand out and whatever, uh, just all just mobbing the place on the days that it's in session. Mm -hmm. And she just like, I don't I didn't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. And that's that's part of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it it, it's kind of like a gauntlet of lobbyists, as as I've heard her explain it, whereas. Um, you know, they get off the floor and to go anywhere, they have to run through this gauntlet and the lobbyists are, you know, trying to sway them on this, that or the other. And, you know, that's 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 how our system currently functions. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the Eddie Murphy film where I learned that about lobbyists, the poli- about politics and lobbying. 
It was. It was. I'm literally looking for it right He's now. He's checking the Google. A boom, right now. boomerang. Oh, there you go. A boomerang. Yeah. We'll have a link to that in the show notes, I just, everyone. It's, if you want to learn about how lobbyists behave in in such, it's it's like one of those beautiful pre-daily show moments of just like, wait, they get to do what? Yeah. They have what access? They're allowed to do, huh? Yeah. There's there's a lot of rules and regulations, of, uh, you know, to kind of try to 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 temper some of that stuff, but. You know, they, they, they're lobbyists. They know how to get around these rules. That's their job. Yeah. That's their no. job. Yeah. James, we're at the end of our, our 45 minutes. Ba-boom. It came so quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Just, just like that. I knew this would be a great conversation. Yeah. And um, as our listener knows at the end of the show, as you know, you've sat here. Um, we get to put a bow around this episode and give it a title. And you're a writer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I got the bar set way high for you right now. What do we want to call this conversation? I mean, there's the obvious one, which I may go with, but what's the second choice? How many words do I get? As many as you okay. need, sir. I'll keep it simple. Making connections by being genuine. That's okay. pretty good. Um, you know what his obvious one was? What's that? Coffee with the black guy. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to help you when you're branding. You know what I mean? Well, so if we do that, then that's... So it, what it might be is that might be my my tagline. Okay. Right. Yeah. So coffee with a black guy is so, so the Google will get it and mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff and you can send it out to your tens of thousands of Instagram followers and all of that and so we can we can help you in that regard. Um, and we have people because what's interesting is uh, when people go to coffeewithablackguy.com, is there a way to contact you? Uh, we will. That, that's not live yet, but but I'm, it's I'm, on Facebook. It, you can find it's, it. I have. Uh, 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 backslash or Facebook backslash Coffee W Black Guy. Yeah. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are both at Coffee W Black Guy. Got and it. once the web page is launched, which is, we can hopefully uh, do in the next week or so, um, it'll be coffeewithablackguy.com. So I'm thinking that our listener may want to reach out to you. And, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and bear, I, bear the torch in their community. I do have uh, Coffee with a Black Guy at gmail.com okay okay perfect yeah well there you go thank you so much for joining us thanks for having we, me. we appreciate it i also want to thank california lutheran university school of management and tolman and weicker insurance services our podcasting partner Pullstring press for this great studio and cielo 24 who provides the searchable captions for our show the 805 connect project now in our third year is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region want to thank them as well. You can get more information on the project at 805connect.com. Patrick, yeah, it's your turn. Everywhere in the world, um, there are certain benefits to, to choosing to live somewhere. And uh, one of the great benefits of living in this particular country, uh, for those of you not here, uh, let me tell you what they are. Uh, we get to vote. We get to vote on a lot of issues. Um, we can vote on very small issues like voting to like this podcast by subscribing, oh. writing, reviewing, uh, and then on very bigger issues. Uh, don't stay home. Don't stay home. Don't fall for the hype. Uh, go out and vote for people that are going to represent you. Um, do not treat politicians as the enemy. Treat them as your advocates. And uh, if they aren't being your advocates, then find find yourself a new politician. But um, uh, definitely vote every way you can, anytime that, you can. I, I couldn't have said that any better. We're going to cut that out and put it. 
at the head of this show. I love it. That was perfect. I mean, cut it out in the sense of let's let's highlight that. I would love to hear from you personally, so you could introduce yourself. I'm very curious. There, we have some listeners in Virginia. Please write me. Um, I want to know about Virginia. I've got some family back there. So, until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations. 